Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, so yesterday on the program, we started asking the question of whether or not women can be ministers or pastors in the local church. And just to kind of summarize where we were at yesterday, uh, we recognize that there's two positions in the church called one is called egalitarianism, and it's basically the view that uh, whether you're male or female, all the roles in the local church are opened up to you, that all of them have equal rights and privileges. Is that – would you think that's fair, Phil? Can you yeah, say it better? Well, the only, the only qualification I would make on that is I'm not sure that the rhetoric of rights – uh, because usually when we talk about rights, we're, we're – we talk. We're we're bringing a concept from a secular environment, which may not necessarily apply. So I, I, I would be cautious about using the rhetoric of rights. Okay, want you want you to find it better for me. <laughs> well, well, the that both men and women are, are called to all offices in the in the church, um, if they're gifted and and if the body discerns that they're called, and that I don't we don't believe that that the Bible puts a barrier in front of that. That doesn't mean that anybody, that doesn't mean that either a woman or a man can stand up in church and say, I have a right to this office. Right. Uh, you have, you've got to, you've got to put me in this office because I have a right. Well, no, uh, none of us has a right to, you know, to serve in, in, in any kind of leadership yeah. in the life of the church. It's based on gifts and calling. Thanks for the correction. I appreciate yeah. it. Over against that view is called the view uh, complementarianism. And complementarianism would recognize that uh, men and women are equal before God in the sense that there is no hierarchy of worth or value or dignity, and yet God has made us distinctively different, and therefore there's different roles and, and relationships that men and women bear in the church. And so um, the role of pastor specifically is uh, is for men in the in the local church. Brothers, is that fair definition of complementarianism? Do you want to add something to that? Yes, and, and I think that um – when you're dealing with the issue, I, I, to me, it's, it's about creation ordinances, and, and to me, that's the foundational starting point. Um, that Adam I think was you have first, then Eve. Adam was created e- first, then Eve, and Adam and Eve were created with different rules. And Eve was created as a helpmate. Ephesians five is going to say that the role of the the husband is to love. Um, I believe you can go back to Genesis' account and say that the man was created to um, keep and protect, to care for, um, and that the role of, of the female, um, and I mean this in, in the true sense of the biblical phraseologies, um, is submission. Um, yeah. Just as, as Christ submitted to the Father, it didn't challenge his equality. Um, there is no distinction of of one being above the other. Jesus Christ is not subordinate to the Father. He his is equal in all ways, but submitted to the Father. 
Um, I think the same sense is what is being talked about in Ephesians 5, that the, the, the woman is submissive to the husband, but not in a hierarchy, it's, a, it's of an equal. Um, so I also think you have this, this coming into play that to me, just um, thinking through it, how do you have, let's just say you have a, a female that is an elder in the church, by definition, she has authority over those that are, are, are within the church. That's what an elder does. It has authority. If her husband is in the church, how does she not have authority over her husband? Um, how can you be consistently under and over at the same time? And so I, I find it problematically just consistently to mm -hmm. uh, consistently apply those terminologies of authority um, in the home, outside of the home, it, it seems like you've, you've created a conundrum um, of, of conflicting authorities. We did talk uh, the other day. We said, you know, the, a, a, a woman and a man, they both can have the same gifts. They can have they, but the role in which those gifts are used is different. And I think that when we look at the uh, the New Testament, we look at uh, you know the fact that these ordained offices. We already talked about that the other day. Were given to men by the instruction of the Apostle Paul in the pastoral epistles. This is beyond the you know we when we're talking about what's normative for the church. We 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 don't just we're not just talking about Acts. We're talking about all of Scripture, and this is part of all of Scripture. Um, the other day, uh, Phil mentioned uh, Deborah and Barak, you know, which is an interesting. It, it was interesting. What? Why did Deborah step into that role? Was because Barak didn't uh, step into that role. He didn't do what he was supposed to do. And in one sense, Deborah is operating under um, Barak. In fact, if you look at Hebrews chapter eleven, when you know, you have this roll call of faith that's given to us, you know, and talking about what these people did in faith. You know, the author of Hebrews says in, in Hebrews 11.32, and what more can I say? For time would fail me to tell you of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and he goes on. Um, he lists Barak there. He doesn't say time um, would fail me to tell you about Gideon and Deborah. He says Gideon and and Barak. So this was the responsible role that Barak had, and I think that uh, you know, we look at um, we look at other places. You know, for instance, it is uh, you know we Phoebe, for instance, is called a deacon in right. in Scripture, but we also understand that that word deacon really is just about service. What do what do deacons do? They deke. They they serve, and so there's it's a it's a role of service that we're talking about here, and we can talk it's about both it. A, as, it's both a specific office and, and a general term. And a general term, yeah. and and the same is you know there's a you know Romans sixteen seven we read about somebody by the name of Junia who was notable among the apostles, and does that mean? Uh, Junia was a notable apostle, or she was, or or this person, and I won't even say a she because um, you know there are a number of masculine names that end with uh, with with um, what is typically a feminine ending. Um, so there, so so um, real fact, quick, just origin origin 
uh, one of the church fathers refers to Junius as a man, uh, as as does Epiphanius uh, refers to Junius as a man. So um, this person that was notable among the the apostles recognized among them perhaps one or the right. other. Well, yeah, and let me and let me just say because that that is one that comes uh, Junia in Romans sixteen is one that does come up a lot. And let me just say as an egalitarian that I th- I think to make Junius or Junia an apostle is is a real stretch. Yeah, uh, it, it's there's we do we don't just don't have enough to go on there. Yeah. So but I would look at it and say that the narratives might not give us the they might just give us the narrative. And so I would look at it and say, I'm not convinced I would make any argument from any of those that have served in, in any capacity in either the Old or New Testament. I mean, I don't think I would base my opinion that women can't be elders be, or ministers because none of the disciples were female. I mean, I, I don't think that was the point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not either direction I'm not going to make my case based upon um, the narrative of of God's word um, I well, just here, don't think that's where the heart of the argument yeah. actually will will lie well let's let's help our listeners if you're just tuning in we're asking the question today can can women be uh, pastors at a local church or no and there's uh, two positions the egalitarian position would basically say yeah of course. Um, and the the complementarian position would say um, no, it's it's for men only. And let me just say something, Russ. You said earlier that you would base this basically on uh, creational ordinances because of the way that that men and women were made. And I would say one more thing. And you said this implicit. This was implicit in your speech, but I want to make it more explicit. Within the Trinity, uh, there's what we would call the ontological Trinity and the economic Trinity. And the ontological Trinity is that each person in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are totally equal in glory and substance and power. And so between the three persons, there's no hierarchy. That's what we would call the ontological trinity. In the economic trinity, there are differences is in roles and relationships. And those roles and relationships don't mean that one person in the trinity is less or less than the other one. They just have different positions and, and one of the ways I like to think about it is like like women have the role and responsibility of carrying a child um, men don't have that and I'm sure that Phil you've wrestled with that and I'm sure you have a really good answer I'm sure um, but I, did you want to try well no I just want I would want to I would want to emphasize that you know of course the Bible teaches that men and women are different sure? uh, of course of course the Bible teaches that we're created different, different and 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 viva la difference, <laughs> I, I, yes. And I think one of the most, I think one of the most wicked things happening in today's world is the, is the effort to erase. Um, and and it's not only wicked; it's it, it's it's never going to work. The effort to try to erase the difference between men and women, because as we all know, you you don't even you don't need the Bible to know that it's not just the wiring. It's, or no, I, let me back up. It's not just the plumbing; it's the wiring. We're we're different. The wiring of the soul. Yeah. And I think we just have to maintain that those differences does not create a hierarchy. This is not right. please don't equate complementarian with, with sexists. Um I or patriarchy. Or patriarchy. I mean you just read the gospels. Jesus definitely um he interacted elevated. with women and elevated women, and and they were part of his ministry, and that's true of the apostles. So it's not uh, a, an attempt at all to be um, 
trying to subject women to a, a lesser place. I, I think that unfortunately has been the history of the church. Yeah. Right. Um, and that is not biblical. Um, and, and all well, the way and, through Scripture, it elevates women. And you, I mean, even the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the first witnesses to that resurrection were, were the women. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I think one of, the most, one of the most unfair things done to the Apostle Paul, uh, some modern critics, uh, critics of Christianity who are critics of the Apostle Paul and some feminist voices have blamed Paul for patriarchy. Nothing could be further from the truth. No matter which side of this debate you're on, mm-hmm. Paul is, is both, and, and of course he's following Jesus. <laughs> Paul's a great liberator of women, uh, and, and he and he honors women over and over again uh, as his co-workers in the gospel. Mm-hmm. I think we just have to be very clear when we have these conversations within our churches, within our circles, or whatever that might be, that... Um, that we separate those those two things out. Th- mm-hmm. This is about authority within the church. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about the value, worth, um, whatever about well, males or females. We're, what we're talking we're, we're really about is talking authority. about the institution of the uh, the church. That's there, correct. we're not talking about government. We're not talking about other things. We're not mm-hmm. talking about you know schools and and these things. You know, most of us in our libraries we have uh, books written by women that inform us. Um, you know, I, I can think of Joyce Baldwin, one of the uh, I thought you were great say Old Joyce Testament Meyer. scholars. I was and, about to throw something in. And others as well. So <laughs> well, I missed what you were saying, Josh. Uh, not, nothing. Not that <laughs> I didn't say anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you've been listening to the, We better close right there, huh? Uh, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life, and we've been answering questions from our listeners. And if you would like to get caught up on any of those questions that we've been asking, if you just type in the gospel for life in whatever app you use to catch your podcasts with you'll find us there and you can um, just sort by category if you'd like we have appreciated you listening to us and we look forward to uh, speaking at you tomorrow 